Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the slang self podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast with Coach Felicia, where we empower Black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. It's your girl, Felicia Wallace. Welcome to all the new and continued listeners, no matter how you found me, whether it was by way of guest episode, solo episode, or you found me on the Googles. Thank you so much for being here. I am just super excited to just hop in today. So um, first of all, yeah, I was supposed to make this episode about a week ago but I was suffering from some ear pain and it was super annoying and I just I didn't even have the energy like to oh just it was just so annoying so I'm just glad to be back and did you miss me you know y'all know Mario Bonner here did you miss me um so what's been happening this week we have finally we're in like the second week of school and I guess we making it right. We taking it day by day, one day at a time. I am just, uh, yeah. Um, I, I think the last time I told you guys that I had one kid that was in school and one who's virtual. So, you know, we're, we're back to doing that, but, um, right now we're just, we're, we're going through it, taking it one day at a time. It def, I definitely don't feel the same pressure that I felt last year. I I think maybe because last year it was like, what's happening? Just another. Now I'm just like, okay, what's happening today? What are we going to do? And that's kind of the end of it. Um, I got back, started walking and just taking some time for myself. I'm really using this season, which I think has a lot to do with just where I am right now, um, which is like slowing down. And, you know, if I give myself a goal saying like today, I'm only going to do this, like, and not like stressing myself out because I told you I have like open tab syndrome in real life where I just like, oh, I need to touch 15 things and say that I did it. And then nothing is actually complete. And so I always feel overwhelmed because I am not actually doing anything. (laughs) To be honest, that's really what it boils down to. It's just busyness, right? And so um, I actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing, no, earlier this week, I actually was doing, uh, reading a devotional. It's um, from Marshawn Daniels. It's called 
bigger. So it's like a hundred day devotional. But in one of the days, um, there was a prayer that she wrote and it says, Lord, my hands naturally default to busyness. Remove the spirit of anxiousness from my heart so that I can rest in your timing. Align the work of my hands with your heart and plan. And that first sentence, Lord, my hands naturally default to busyness was, it was so real for me because I feel like I have to be doing something. And I think that's part of the open tab syndrome that I'm just like, ooh, instead of just being still and being content with the one thing, right? And so I'm really, I'm, I'm trying it. So far, so good. We just going to keep it moving. Um, so tomorrow, guys, we will be going live. I'll be going live with um, Grief Coach Herdane Mercier um, to dig deeper into today's topic. Now, I, when I made the decision to talk about grief, I, you know, I didn't want to be sad and oh, well, it's me type of episodes. And, you know, if that was what was going to come up, I guess that would have came up. It just would have happened. But that isn't the reason why I wanted to do it. I really wanted to discuss things that I had read and stuff that had honestly helped me, but also just practical things that sometimes we don't necessarily think about when we're in this grieving season, right? And so one of the things that I actually um, Googled was like, okay, I told y'all before that I was just like, I'm just trying to get to the end. You know, I've suffered grief um, multiple times from different things, from a death, relationships, opportunities, all types of things. And I, in my rational brain, I knew that everything took a process and it was going to, I needed to take time to even get to that place. Um, But in this moment, I felt like everything was happening. So back to back, I was trying to hurry up and get through all of them at the same time, because the other part is, is that I felt like I had stuff I needed to do. I didn't have time to be sad, you know, like that was how I was feeling. So in this episode, we're going to talk about um, stages of grief with my air, air quotes, because um, this is based on a model introduced by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in 1969 in a book called On Death and Dying, which was actually inspired by her working with terminally ill patients. Now, let me say this as a disclaimer. When I first started reading this, it made so much sense to me, right? But then with talking to my wellness coach and my therapist and even the grief coach, it was like, yeah, this process or these stages were really for people who, again, were terminally ill and they've kind of given um, it, it, even though it makes sense, it wasn't necessarily for people like where I am right now, like grieving the loss of something, right? And so one of the benefits that I have is that when I first talked to her, Dean, um, she has something called anchors that she uses instead. And when she explains it, oh my gosh, I was like, that is it, that is it. So we're going to talk about these stages because it is something that I actually um, did. And it made sense to me as I was going through it. But when we dig a little deeper tomorrow, make sure you're on the live Monday, the 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we will hear her talk about her anchors and child, that's where you need to be at. So here we go. Uh, these stages were helpful for me um, because when I did recognize I was grieving, um, I wanted to know like where I was. So that's my whole control, that illusion of control thing. Like, where am I at in this process? Am I close to the end? Am I still at the beginning? Where is that? So based on um, her 
<clears throat> excuse me, based on what um, Elizabeth Ross says, is that the stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Um, and immediately when I looked at it, I was like, all right, how do I get to acceptance? Like, <laughs> I just let me just get to the end, right? And so I want to break these down um, in a way that how it would apply to us if we've lost something. So remember, for me right now, I'm talking about these losses that I've had in people, but I've had a loss of an opportunity, um, whether it be a job or an experience or um, a position, like not, you know, really wanting to have a position somewhere and not getting it, um, wanting something to work out and it failing. And you have to grieve those those things too, right? Um, whether it's something within a relationship, like if it, you know, if a relationship doesn't work out, whether it's an intimate relationship or a friendship, having to figure you know grieve that so when we're talking about this we're not just talking about people passing away we're talking about any loss that you may have experienced so the first thing is denial that clearly I mean pretty much speaks for itself it's like you're in shock you're in disbelief you feel like you want to avoid that is happening um and I can say that generally that is kind of always where I started like pushing the feelings away like I don't really feel sad. And I try to remember, I said the whole busyness, I try to get busy then because I don't want to deal with what's going on. Um, and then sometimes depending on what the loss is, it may, uh, it may fluctuate. Right. So like when my best friend passed away, um, sheesh, I think we about to be at 10 years next year. Um, I was in shock and disbelief and numb like I because it happened so all of a sudden there was no indication um it was it was a shock to my body the same thing happened when my son's father and I um I realized we was at that place that this was it that our relationship was ending I immediately went into what like what do you mean what's going on like and you in that space is your brain is trying to speed up to what is actually happening in real life because all of that has to meet it meet at the same spot right and you're sitting here trying to figure out what happened what did I do how did we get here you're trying to rationalize all of these things right um and so that and then you're like this can't be happening this can't be my real life and you know I remember in some of those moments where I'm in that space where I've been like what the crap, you know, for me, generally, I'm all I have historically been like, God, why, why did, why did you let this happen? Why is this, this, um, why did this have to happen now? Why did it have to happen to me? What, what did I do? What, you know, we're going through the, do all of those things, but it's like, my mind is just, I can't wrap my mind around it. The next thing is anger. Um, so I, I, if I use the this situation now, like in this season, I didn't feel angry and I didn't feel denial. Why? Because um, in all of the situations that happened, I knew it was coming. So I was prepared. Right. But I have been in situations where I felt, you know, anger. And that's usually like frustration, irritation, trying to figure out who you can blame. And I, I really believe is that when something just kind of smacks you out of nowhere, and you just literally have no idea. I remember an incident um, at work where um, things were happening and um like people were getting let go left and right. And I felt like I was, you know, it wasn't my, I, I wasn't in a position to know what was happening, but it seemed so close to me and people that I knew were, were going, I was 
I was in that space of like denial, like what, what is happening? What's going on? Like, okay, let me, you know, everything just seemed like it was spinning. And then it was anger and upset. Like I was upset because now I'm like, well, then who's supposed to do this? And how is this supposed to happen? And then I'm worried about myself and what is going on. And, you know, am I going to be okay? Do I have to worry about my job? Because now you, that person didn't let, you didn't let that person go or, you know, um, when my son's father and I broke up, you know, that was the thing. I was angry then. Like, and and I've said this more than one time on here. Um, the the next thing is called bargaining. Um, and uh, when I was reading it, it was talking about like negotiating with God or a way to kind of avoid grief. Like if you like when you say, you know, bargaining with God was like, okay, God, if you show me how this is going to turn out, if you let this work, then, you know, I know how long am I going to be in this space, you know, where even in all of that, during that time, I wasn't bargaining with God, I was mad during that time, I was like, you, for you to know all things, how did you not know this was going to happen, you know, and when uh, my best friend passed away, it was the same thing, like, of all the people, like, I remember in that space, just having multiple conversations with, you know, my friends and people we went to school with that just was like, you know, I watched people have these conversations where it's like, she didn't deserve that. That wasn't, she, of all of us, she should have been the one who was still here. Why do I get to stay and she has to go? And sometimes we find ourselves in that space when there's people that we feel like, you know, this is not what they deserve. Even, you know, knowing we cannot, comprehend or understand what it is that God has for each and every one of us we all have an expiration date it may not be when we want it to be but that is a guarantee you will pass away it's just not you 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 have no idea when it's going to happen and so that resonated with me because I remember that being in that space of like you know dang I've I've made more mistakes than this person or I have you know uh I played with my life a little bit more, you know, with the, you know, maybe drinking and driving or, you know, trying stuff to says or just living in a way that I wasn't really taking care of myself and feeling like, how did, how did you give, extend the grace to me, but you couldn't extend it to her? Like, what makes me different from her? Because, you know, I feel like she should have been able to stay like, just like I got, you know what I'm saying? So that bargaining, you're really trying to reason it in your mind why these things are happening. And then um, where I think that I had been recently was in like this fourth stage of depression, uh, which is like extreme sadness, mourning and pulling away. And for me, I've, I've had see just like in these other seasons that I can tell you and um, and these other examples that I'm giving you where I've been depressed and I was having a season of depression where I just was really, really sad. And a lot of times we have a tendency to, like I said in the beginning, rush the process, right? And it is difficult to, one of the things that I'm learning now is that in all of those seasons, so in the the example of me using, you know, me and my son's oldest son's father breaking up when my best friend passed away, um, experiences with jobs when all of that stuff was happening and people were leaving left and right. And it was so much uncertainty and I didn't know what was going on. And I felt like I was by myself. 
I had certain things that was keeping me busy. One, I was at work. <laughs> Two, my kids were smaller. Three, I was busy, right? Like I was just like, okay, well, this is happening, but I got to go to work this and the next day. Oh, I got to drop somebody off here. Oh, I got to, you know, go to this event. I got to do this. I got to do that. So I stayed kind of in the business where in this season. God called me to be still. And I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't run from it, right? Even though I was trying to, there was nowhere for me to go because A, we're in a whole panorama, right? B, I work from home. C, God had put me on post for two, <laughs> for two, two months. There was nowhere for me to go. I had no choice but to be still in that moment and just recognize where I was, how I was feeling and what was going on. And it took me a while. It took me a while to figure out that's what was happening to me because previously before I was in that same season, but I was, um, I probably was like a mix between depression and denial. Like I was avoiding the sadness and I was just waiting for things to just like, it'll go away, right? It, you know, it'll go away. I wasn't really processing through my grief. I just was expecting it to just like stop and expecting it to be just better. I remember when, um, so I've said this beforehand, when my best friend passed away, it took me a long time to like, even like get to a place where I felt comfortable enough to even reach back out to her parents because I felt so bad. Like I was so in my grief that I could not even extend myself. Like I would talk to her brother, but I was so sorry. And so in, in my sense, like apologetic, but I was stuck in this space of like, if I avoided actually saying that she was gone to them, it, it was like, I knew it was real, but it was, it, it just, it was going to be harder for me. And honestly, it, it took until I, my 40th birthday. And that was last year where I finally reached out. Like that was, it was eight years later. Um, but that was once I was in this last phase of acceptance. Once I had come to terms with the loss and I was at peace about the situation. And at that time, I wasn't crying every time it was the anniversary of her death or her birthday or, you know, the, um, the, you know, the day of the funeral, all those things. Like I, I didn't feel that heaviness any, anymore because I didn't realize it had taken me eight years to, to just process my grief about it and all the facets of it and what it looked like, because it doesn't look the same. And so when I came into this in this season right now, I wanted to get to there. Right. And so it wasn't until I really like came to peace with the fact that like, no, sis, it literally took you eight years because you were avoiding it. The feelings you didn't want to admit what was going on. You knew you were sad, but y'all, you was talking over it. Or the only person you would tell, the only person I would say that I was sad to during that time was like my husband. Me and my friends, we would find ways to celebrate her and talk about her in a positive way. But I don't think any of us actually ever said that like this sucks and we are sad and I'm still sad. You know, every now and again we'll say it, but we had we hadn't gotten to a place where we were honest enough with ourselves to be honest enough with each other to be able to even lean on each other for comfort and support right it just was we was doing it all by ourselves and so um 
this, like again, this is, you know, based off of this and knowing just kind of how I've been going through it. I just want you to be able to see that, first of all, <sighs> the stages of grief or how you grieve is going to be different based on a loss, right? Like, like I said, with my um, mother-in-law and my grandparents and my aunt passing away, I knew it was coming. And so because I knew it was coming, all of the other things, like I just was sad, like I, I, but I didn't let myself be sad. I was just trying to get to the fact that because I knew, oh, okay, you know, I know this was, this was going to happen. I was just ready to be at peace. And it was like, no, you, you, you it's recognize the loss, recognize what has, what's happened address the feelings for yourself and and let that be what it is you know what I'm saying so and and then with the other situation you know with my best friend and with my um son's father those I had to go through all based on this I had to go through all of these joints right like because I was mad off the break like it wasn't what I expected it wasn't supposed to happen this wasn't supposed to be like this and it was but through it all I realized that I've gotten through it and it's okay. It's okay to be on one part of the journey longer than the other. Even in this season, I had to give myself grace that it was okay that it took me eight years to grieve the loss of my friend. She was important to me. She was somebody that I loved. She was the memories that I have of her from freaking 13, right? Like I went to a new school. She was the very first person that I ever met. Like, it's so many different stories that we have, things that we share, like so many different things. Why wouldn't I want to grieve that? Why wouldn't I be sad, right? And so it's okay. It's okay for you to be on the journey longer than other stages. It's okay for you to be in angry mode longer than people want you to be, right? And it's okay for your journey to be, for you to be where you are in your journey is gonna be different from somebody else, right? I feel like that there are people who are able to process grief. Everybody processes grief differently. And so do not rush yours. It's yours. You are responsible for your own grief. You are responsible for how you how you manage that, whether or not you want to share it with people, whether or not you want to keep it to you. Like you are in charge of that. It is not anybody else's expectation to um help you with that right unless you open your mouth right I told you throughout this time with you know my mother-in-law like I was so worried about my husband and I never even shared mine but that was my, that's on me that had nothing to do with him and whether or not I feel like he's where he he's further along than I am or whatever the case may be we process grief differently and that's okay so you know I really wanted to use this time to just break those down and how it, you know, applied to me. Again, I know that the basis of this is not accurate to like grief of actual loss, but it was still helpful because it, they all resonated with me and I've been there <laughs> multiple times so I could feel it. So um, just a reminder that, you know, the stages of grief are denial, anger, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Um, it's okay to be in one part of the journey longer. Don't let anybody force you to get past where you are, right? I've had people and I've witnessed things. It's like, you still sad about that? You still, did? why you care? 
if I am, I am. You know what I'm saying? Like you think about anything, like if it could take me, child, if it could take people years to get over a relationship, like let me go through my process, what it meant to you and what it meant to me is different. So if you good, I'm, I'm like, great, that's fine. But you want to make sure that you are managing that and don't put your expectation on other, don't put your expectation on other people. If you are sad longer than other people, it's not your place to be like, why aren't you still sad about this? Uh, cause maybe they're not, <laughs> maybe they're okay. Maybe they're at peace with it. That is yours. Mind your business. <laughs> I tell y'all that all the time. So even in your grief, mind your business, it is yours and be responsible for it. Do not rush your grief. Do not try to get to, to level 10. Take your time so that when you are complete in the journey of grief, you can grow because all of it is about growth. If you just stay in one spot, you you won't be able to see the beauty of certain things, right? And I even remember when my grandmother passed away, I was like 22, I think, 21, 22, something like that. And I remember that was probably... Um, I remember being in the funeral and like people were talking and like laughing and joking. And I was so emotional about it for my own feelings of, you know, being my grandmother, the relationship she had with us, with the relationship she had with my dad and all these different things that I was just, I was, I was irritated. Like, I was just like, why are these people laughing? Why do they seem like they're having a good time? You know, my grandmother just passed away. Like it's nothing to be happy about. I, I now know, right, that that could be the case. Some people could be happy because they're happy because they know where she's going to be. Some people could be happy because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Like, uh, I know that because I've matured enough to know um, that sometimes it's a good thing. That's the reason why they call it the celebration of life. I can view it differently. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be sad about it, but that, that, I was in that anger mode, right? And I was in that denial and in that, in that I was in that space. And so I was I was exuding it on and putting it on other people in my own frustration. So, you know, don't rush your grief and don't force nobody else to rush this. And lastly, get support. I say it all the time. Get support, get support, get support. Okay, whether it's a, a therapist, whether it is a grief support group, whether it's your friends or your family, whatever it is that you need, legit, you need. If it's a grief coach, if you need it, go get it for you. That is your responsibility to make sure that you are whole, to make sure that you deal with whatever it is that you need to deal with that does not belong to anybody else. So don't be putting that on nobody else, Ricky Bobby. Okay. It's not their business. You have to figure that out for yourself. So tomorrow, <clears throat> sorry. So tomorrow, Monday, September 20th at 8 p.m., we are going live on Instagram to dig a little bit deeper with grief coach Herdeen Mercier. You do not want to miss this conversation. If you have any questions that you like answered during the live, you can DM me or you can DM um DM me or you can email me at info at feliciawallace.com. Um, as always, thank y'all for rocking with me. I would love to talk to y'all in the IG comments about this episode. So make sure you comment, share, rate, and review and follow me on Instagram at 
slang self-doubt. If you're interested in booking a connection call with me to start your self-doubt journey, go to www.felixiawallace.com to schedule your appointment today. I hope that this has been helpful for you guys. I hope that you're learning something. Um, I just, I, I get excited about when God gives me something and then he shows me how I can teach it to other people because there's a part of me that that is always just like whatever I have is not just for me and I know that these conversations and these things need to be talked about and they need to be had and I and then I'm also grateful that he connects me to the right people I like that is that's how that's how he works so um I hope I see y'all tomorrow until next week see ya All right, y'all, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slaying Self Doubt. Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.